You're listening. No. You're listening to the Buns.com Podcast Network. (laughs) (laughs) Buns, buns, buns. Welcome to Pixels and Ink Podcast, episode 262, brought to you by CG Magazine. I'm your host, Lisa Mior, and joining us today are Brendan Fry. Hello there. Brendan Quinn. Hello, everybody. And Phil Brown. Yay. Hey. Is everyone doing okay after the long weekend? Yep. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, We took a little break last week. Mm -hmm. So uh, let's not waste any more time. Let's get back into some news. So, uh... Quinn, what have you got for us today? Uh, There has been another No Man's Sky update Uh after a fun little alternate reality game. Um, It adds, it's called Atlas Rises, focuses on improving the story and adds the ability to quick travel between locations using portals. Um, I'm not really sure who this is for or who's still playing the game. Yeah. um, Other than perhaps Jordan Biordi. (laughs) But, um, I mean, good for them, for Hello Studios, like, actually... Hello Games. Hello Games, my bad. Um, Like, keeping up on their promise to update continuously, despite the disastrous launch. Yeah, because they've, they've, despite the fact that they did not deliver on the initial promises, some of the updates are starting to add a little bit of the stuff in. Like, this is the third update so far? Yeah, this is the big one. Yeah, third big one. Um, I saw a funny, it was a list of all the promises they broke one year ago. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Update. Uh, I'm just wondering how they're doing financially i mean i understand that the they have to do it for free because yeah. nobody wants to pay for it but like what's what's the point otherwise then i mean i mean reputation's tarnished but i mean of. the game did sell well when it first launched mm-hmm. even though even though that it, first week yeah well the first month or so it did actually sell okay I, my understanding it was one of the fastest selling games for that little time period oh i'm sure everybody like i was pretty hyped on it i think everybody uh, i think it was a few million sold and with a small studio that sold it at full price retail and they only had like a five person five six person team well i guess 15 near the end of launch so saying their coffers are pretty full from that that they can sort of afford to do well this. if they're only having a, like studio costs are based on how many people are in the studio yeah if you have a 500 person studio you're paying each one a salary of let's say fifty sixty thousand dollars a year yeah. you go through money quickly if you're paying 15 people, $50,000, $60,000 a year. It takes you a while to go through a few million dollars. That's true. Yeah. I mean, it all depends on what their publishing deal was with Sony and how much Sony took out of it. There's a lot of factors, but I don't think after the first initial sales, they were hurting for cash. No, that's and true. It's, they might have had a horrible reputation afterwards, but they were not personally hurting for cash. They had enough coffers they could last for a while. Well, I mean, that's good because, yeah. yeah, this is the third kind of big free update yeah. that they've released since the game came out. In all reality, they should have taken an extra year and actually got this, the game up. Well, that's why a lot of people are saying that, oh, it's still an early access kind of like that's it how kind it of feels. feels. It is kind that, of does you know, feel, It's yeah. getting patches and updates, but yeah, why didn't they just wait and release it all at once? Yeah, I mean, some of those updates, like they added these, you can buy bigger, the capital ship stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they made it so you, like, you can le- build bases and stuff like that. They added uh, more resources, I believe, was another thing they added. And there's, yeah, ground vehicles. Yeah. Um, they made, a like, a PS4 Pro patch yeah. as well. Finally. <laughs> then, and this update, they're including portals, so for fast travel, because it was so cumbersome flying yeah. on that originally. 
There was yeah. people who were defending it. We're like, no, it's very relaxing. You know, <laughs> I kind of go zen. I'm like, no, man. It, it was a it, screensaver. It, was it, yeah. it is. Yeah, it is. It was super boring. I, I played. I played about I don't know maybe two hours when it first came out, and like an hour and a half of that was just going from one planet to another. Yeah. Yeah. It was just yeah. So this will be good. That'll be that'll be well salvaging it a little and bit. And again, I respect them for uh, for doing what they can. Yeah, I agree. I, I think if they manage to keep this up, the game will have a, like a good long tail to the thing. Yeah. But I don't think we're ever going to see another rush of people buying it. Oh, no way. I think Damn. that they missed that window. The game might have kind of a cult classic status once it's all updated mm-hmm. kind of have bring people back in. If they lower the price for like 20 bucks and they keep one of these updates out, I'm sure that it'll keep growing people, but it's not going to grow the way. Oh, no, no. not at all. I think they're more just worried that they want to save face for the next game they release because At this, nobody is going to yeah. pre-order anything. And I think make Sean Murray not the spokesman. Yeah, <laughs> I think he had a lot of good intentions, but I, I think a lot of that had to do with the fact he was excited and he wanted. He was to, drinking his own yeah. Kool-Aid. Yeah. He, he got super high on the idea before. I mean, I totally get that. Uh, you're really excited about a project. You put so much time into it. People have been hyping it up around you. You, mm-hmm. just, you can't help but develop that mentality after yeah. a while. So mm-hmm. just don't outright yeah. lie about just things. Don't. Well, I mean, I think the thing is, he thought he probably thought, "Oh, yeah, we can add that to the game. That's something we can totally do." Yeah, that shouldn't be hard. And then that's he gets home back to the office, and they're like, "No, we're not <laughs> doing it. can't do it, man. That's we not." Can't do it. And 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 uh, for especially for like, I don't know how um, this this is not his first game, correct? Right? No, no. he did. A, he the Hello Games have done a few things. They yeah. did like the um, the Joe Danger series. Okay, they were like this little like. Kind of like Trials, but a little bit more silly-ish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. But and I don't know what else. They, they've done one other thing, I think. But the Joe Danger series is what they're kind of known for. Yeah. And Yeah. No, my point being, like, I've heard a lot of, like, first-time developers talk a lot like that when you first talk to them. And yeah. then you come back to them, like, I don't know, six months later into the project. And they're saying a completely different story. So I get it if you're, like, a first-timer. But, but I mean, like, this is not new for game yeah, development. Like, Peter Molyneux. Is, that's what oh, he's, he's known the for. king of it, yeah. man. He like, that. Yeah, it's totally going to do all this stuff. You this is going to revolutionize video games. Nothing's ever been like this before. And then you get into the game like, no, it's a good game, but not anything what you promised. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so uh, some big things happened to HBO this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Want to tell us a little bit about that one? Yeah. No. I'll do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Whoever's going to talk about it. Okay. One of you was slide to talk about it. So um, if you don't know, and I'm sure everyone right now does, there's a big data leak at HBO. They got scripts. They got apparently some older episodes, which mm. I, don't, I don't know why anyone cares about those things. Yeah, like, yeah. like those were on torrent sites way very much available. So, yeah. yeah, I don't know why that mattered. But they said they got that stuff. They got the scripts. So they got one of them. I know the big thing that people were kind of upset with was the fact, or people were most scandalized by, was the fact they had a script for an upcoming episode. And they just posted it online so people could find the spoilers for a show yeah. that had not aired yet. Uh, then they kept kind of saying they have more and more data and the breach is far bigger than they ever realized. But they still haven't actually made good on those threats or actually kind of given any details about what they actually have. Yeah. And then it was kind of confused even more by the fact that an Indian TV station accidentally leaked the next episode and people kind of attributed it to this first hack. Yeah, yeah. So it's a weird mess, but right now not much has really come out of it other than HBO hiring a scrubbing agency to kind of scrub the net of anything, any trace of these like leaked scripts yeah. and leaked episodes. They At one point, 
I think they had Winters Here or something like that. It was a website, wintershere.something something. Mm. But they had some website where it was just like a site of all this data from these hacks. Yeah. Um, at this point, I believe they have still said they have more data. They have not really given HBO any indication of how much they really have. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And no one really knows if they do have more, it's a threat, or what this really means. But there's a lot of them hinting they have more, but mm -hmm. they're not really giving any clues to anyone, really. And right now, it's still kind of just sitting in limbo, and people are kind of waiting to see if they'll dump a new episode online, or put another script out, or give details on things that you might not even realize, like what a new show from HBO, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So right now, it's all kind of sitting up in the air, and these hacker group that did get this breach are kind of just playing the waiting game, I guess? Mm -hmm. Well, they're asking for money, too. Yeah, well, but, yeah, yeah. as every hacker group yeah. does, and then they're just yeah, going to yeah. dump it online anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it seems increasingly clear they don't really have what they say they have, but it's just bizarre that this has become a trend after yeah. what happened with Netflix last yeah. year and the Orange is New Black, so... I mean, Sony, too. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, Sony of course, actually. yeah. Of course, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, I mean, honestly, it's, it's look at it this way. If you have an, a server that can be accessed from the outside world, yeah. where you just have this stuff sitting there, yeah. someone can get into it. Yeah, it's going to happen. Because there's always going to... Like the systems might be the most secure things ever. Yeah. But if humans are involved, there's human error involved. Mm. And if someone's password is password123, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're going to find a way into this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you just have to make sure that... It, this is a growing pain for a lot of these companies, figuring out exactly what they can do, what they can't mm -hmm. do, mm -hmm. and actually really understanding how much they're exposing themselves. And I don't think a lot of these companies think that, oh, we just have a Dropbox with some passwords in that folder. So mm. some hacker gets in that Dropbox and they get into the main secure server. And yeah. I think that's how the, the Sony hack happened through something like that. Yeah, yeah. And I know the Netflix hack happened through something similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, a lot of this is just kind of really secure systems, but then one fail, one fall. All it takes is yeah, one yeah, exactly. mistake or crappy password and mm. the whole system's open. Exactly. Mm. So how much is this going to actually hurt HBO? Because when, yeah, yeah. when it happened to Netflix, they the had their subscriptions I'm, already. The only thing mm. I'm thinking is um, like the episode isn't going to hurt them no. at all um, yeah. mm. because people are still going to watch. It's the most pirated show in the world and it still like yeah. Yeah. destroys ratings. Yeah, like, yeah. That doesn't matter. It's more... I think if there's any like scandalous Sony style emails mm. that might damage the company. But I mean, but scripts and stuff. Whatever. Yeah. Like, I mean, like it, yeah, yeah. It, those things leak online all the time. And usually not in giant dumps, but they leak all the time. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, there's numerous leaks of movies like Tarantino's uh, The Hateful Eight script yeah, notoriously yeah. leaked online. Yeah, oh, yeah. I about that. So I mean, this stuff happens all the time, and it doesn't ever destroy a movie. Like yeah. a script online just makes people. No one says read the script. Like, well, I'm done. I don't need to see the movie now. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I know everything. <laughs> so few people are actually even going to read it in the first place. Oh, it's, scripts are boring to yeah, read. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you realize it, but they're not fun to read. Mm -hmm. Oh, stage directions. Oh, those are so sexy. <laughs> <laughs> also. I, mean, I think Tarantino changed the ending of that movie. He changed the ending for Hateful Eight a little yeah, bit. Yeah, there was an, a rewrite, and they changed a bunch of yeah. different things. Yeah. Like, he changed a few things. <coughs> like, you might have a script, and you know the general concept, but it's not hard to do a rewrite. Mm. I mean, for Game of Thrones, that stuff has been filmed a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when a movie is not even made yet, they say, oh, the script, script leaked. Okay, the ending's now changed. We've changed, like, one or two more scenes. The movie's not the same thing mm -hmm. anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think it's devastating, but you're right, Brennan. If they do... Um, find like emails of scandalous things, or you find e uh, emails of executives at HBO being super racist yeah, or it, that kind homophobic. Of thing. Yeah. 
It could mean people getting a good job, job but loss. As you said earlier, like you'd think they would have said that by now. Oh yeah. If like, they had anything heavy, they'd be they'd be threatening. Yeah, exactly. A, a lot more assuredly in mentioning it, and they don't seem like we have the scripts or we have the leaked, and that's it. Yeah, and so, who cares? Yeah, whatever, man. People are still gonna watch the show. Yeah, and mm. I, as I said, no one reads the script and says, "Well, that's it. Done the show. <laughs> yeah. Read every script. <laughs> know what happens." So uh, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. I mean, I went four seasons with the books being yeah. spoilers and still yeah. became a gigantic show. Yeah. Exactly. Know, yeah, everybody yeah. knew exactly what was going to happen. Yeah, so. Exactly. Yeah. So it's not a big deal. Yeah, exactly. All right. So, Phil, what do you yes. got for us? All right. I got movie news. So, Excellent. Um, first up, uh, so here, here's an odd one. So um, the initial plan for that Dark Tower movie that came out last week yeah, yeah. that wasn't very good um, uh, was that it would be uh, – uh, set up a TV series that they were hoping to run off it that would be like a prequel series to the movie. And uh, the movie didn't do well enough for them to do that. However, they've been like polling people at the theaters and asking them if they would watch it and asking them if they would watch a series based on the show. And the polls have come back that 83% of the people, whether they like the movie or not, well, would watch I think, I mean, as somebody who's read the books, it would work a lot better as a series than as a movie or even a few movies. Oh, like, totally. There's a ton of stuff in there. Yeah, totally. There's like eight books or something. Seven books. Like yeah. Seven books, yeah. And based off your what you were saying in yeah. your review uh, yeah. that was up last week, yeah. um, like, uh, it sounds like it. they wanted it to be a longer tail kind oh, yeah, of thing absolutely. that ended up being... Totally. Much shorter. Totally. So apparently it's pulling high enough that people would watch it that they're actually considering going forward even though the movie technically bombed, which would be weird. It would be the first time that a sequel is made off of polls yeah. as opposed to any sort of financial success. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I feel about that, quite frankly. Well, do you think that's, I mean, because we're in that era of TV being equal to movies just long form like stuff yeah. like Game of Thrones that you know a, a movie being bad if anything is just an indication of how much better it would be yeah. yeah not like oh that sucks so a TV show will suck be yeah, like well yeah. that was crappy for this reason if we took it and made it like an eight episode series we yeah, enjoyed yeah. it more it could be but right, it just seems like an act of desperation and also I feel like it doesn't surprise me that that's true simply because, like, the the movie did so poorly. I don't think that, like, anyone was coming that wasn't unfamiliar. I feel like it yeah. was just Dark Tower fans that went. So Pretty of course much. They they're they're going to want it anyway. Yeah. Definitely. It wasn't the, like, general public. But anyway, that was a weird one. All right. Next up. Um, oh, yeah. So uh, Disney uh, is pulling all of their content from Netflix to launch their own streaming service. This is, this is interesting, I think. Yeah, it is interesting. And it's also just – it makes me wary because I've always felt that um, – that like th- this is just what's going to happen. Yeah. All since all multimedia conglomerates own so many of these companies that it's just going to be like there'll be a Warner service. Well, I mean, CBS is trying to do it literally be... like just for Star Trek. I mean, yeah, totally. And I just and that just really irritates me. And yeah. I feel like it's just it's bad for the consumers because we've gone from a period that from where like all media was mm. so easily accessible for the first time ever to yeah. suddenly it's actually going to be a real pain to see mm-hmm. anything. I mean, like, I think they're kind of moving away from the. TV based model where mm. you have a channel for things mm. to a all all you can eat kind of buffet back mm. to a TV based model just you have to subscribe to more things yeah, yeah exactly yeah. and it was and that's that's a model that's why everyone moved over to Netflix and and other services set like that because why do you want to go around and searching for them I mean yeah. also the fact that it becomes prohibitively expensive if you have ten to fifteen different streaming oh, services. Yeah. 
10, 15 bucks a month for each one. Yeah. And there was like, oh, you know, it's so much cheaper than cable. Well, it won't be anymore. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It was so much cheaper when everything was available because yeah. no yeah. one understood what a gold mine it yeah. was. Once everything splits up, then everything's going to be harder to get than it ever exactly, was before. Exactly, yeah. Well, then, I mean, my, pro- my concern with it is if these companies don't work together and they do put it on streaming services, people will find a way to pirate and say, well, I don't want that one streaming service for that one show. Yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah, going to yeah. steal it. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. Of and course, yeah. You have to find... like. I think numerous pe- numerous ex- experts in the field say you have to make your content easier than hackers can get it. Yeah. If you make it harder than a hacker can just say, okay, I'm just going to download. The- I pay for the subscription, share it to all my friends. They share it to all their friends. Yeah. yeah. Certain services are going to suffer. People you- are willing to pay, but there's a good middle ground exactly. between yeah. yeah convenience and like I'm not paying 15 bucks a month for one show. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that I think Disney is one of the ones that can get away with it. It oh, has course, enough yeah. shows. Oh, even just it- for their their movies yeah. like for yeah. people that are babysitting and that's yeah. the Disney that's, Channel yeah. boom exactly yeah, it, it yeah. becomes the Disney Channel it becomes Marvel Star Wars all, all that yeah. stuff yeah. I mean yeah. also you have the, all those there's a lot of kids shows that we never see yeah yeah but Disney has a pile of uh, like properties that are just for like yeah. babies or mm-hmm. kids under the age of five that mm-hmm. are on like their like really, um, was it Disney Junior is that what it's I called know, whatever yeah. they're, they're like young Disney Channel yeah which this is perfect for them you put it at home you leave it on. You know that kid stuff's safe for kids. You just leave it there, and you're good to go. Oh, yeah. I think the more effective model, like, when you, you talk about accessibility and finding that middle ground would be just forming more partnerships mm. and, and yeah, amalgamating everything as opposed to, like, drawing out. Like, they're expecting everyone to follow them, but they're not taking into account the people that are subscribed to Netflix and services like that, mm. um, like, our demographic who won't be following them for Disney stuff. Yeah. Like yeah. we'll be going elsewhere. And, and then that, that just ends up hurting them audience wise later. But mm-hmm. I guess numbers will tell Disney later on. makes sense though. They have yeah. a captive family yeah, audience. They, oh yeah. Disney have to pay for yeah, it. For Disney I makes sense, but there's some of these other providers exactly. that it's yeah. going to really hurt them. Like totally. all the little cable networks yeah. like yeah. you're saying. Nobody like, is going to want to pay I don't, for that. Who pays for the CWs? Yeah. We watch it because it's on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like a lot of these show cha- like a lot of every single network now has its own paid little like app. Yeah. yeah. And only so many people want to pay for those that sort of app. Mm. Like there's just not enough good shows in those things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Disney can do it. Netflix has its become a network in itself. Mm. Uh, Amazon has again has done the similar thing to Netflix has, but beyond that, there's just not enough substance to really draw people in mm-hmm. yeah. although I, I didn't even realize that Amazon funded Manchester by the Sea oh yeah that is super weird to me oh, yeah totally yeah no they're they're doing quite well and I'm and I also uh, wouldn't be surprised because you were saying earlier that Netflix is severely yeah. in the red yeah I wouldn't be surprised if they start releasing stuff theatrically. Yeah. It would make sense. It's just an added revenue stream for them. It wouldn't be any more no. work, right? I mean, no. like... At this point, no. Yeah, now, that everything's, now that everything's distributed digitally, yeah. Yeah. it would just be about booking the screens. Now, there's problems there in that a lot of theater owners aren't, don't care for Netflix yeah, and might like refuse to run stuff simply because it's involved with them. Yeah. But at the same time, if there's money to be made, there's money to be made. I've heard that their like, excuse from Netflix before is they feel that... like. Their subscribers are paying for the content, yeah. so they should get it instantly and for free. And I feel like, well, they're going to get it anyway. Yeah. Well, like, what's the harm Dude, of day putting day. in a theater or, first? Or a day later or a weekend yeah. later. Well, I don't think any theater owners would agree to day and date. Well, maybe they day, have a, a week, big problem a week, with week that. Week later. Well, VOD does day and date. Totally. But those are with smaller independent films? That, no, but uh, I have seen um, some bigger films. Well, medium range films do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But usually it's like a, a foreign film or a British film that's like, Releasing, they release it like a, a few select theaters, and yeah. then 
like on VOD. Totally. But I feel like if Netflix is starting to make like these big giant movies like yeah. that Will Smith one they have coming out, you like, can't. What's the harm? Yeah. In putting that out in theaters, for, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense. To yeah, me. certain movies. I mean. Like, you'll pay to go see a Nolan movie on the big screen. Exactly. Yeah. It, certain movies you need to see yeah. the big screen experience, then, oh, I liked that. I want to watch it again. You don't have to pay the other 15, mm-hmm. 20 bucks, and you just kind of go, I'm going to watch it on Netflix this time. Yeah. Totally. But, I mean, if they gave it, like, a two-week period, that's fine. Yeah. Like, they say, okay, it's coming this date on Netflix, but if you want to see it early, go to, like, these thousand screens yeah, around, around North America. Totally. Totally. I mean, but I be, uh, mentioning that... Um, yeah, I think it was the LA Times that actually did the original story mm. about Netflix being in the red. Apparently, they're only twenty billion dollars in the red. Yeah, and that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, because the amount of content they're making, some of it's really good. Yeah, some of it just kind of exists. Yeah, like a lot of like the the first Daredevil series was not great. The second one was good. Yeah, uh, then uh, Jessica Jones was okay. Yeah. Uh, Nick uh, Luke Cage was okay. Yeah. Iron Fist was kind of a disappointment. Yeah, and they're spending a fortune on stuff. Like they're giving comedians like ten, thirty million exactly. dollars yeah. for a special. Oh, look at Dave. Yeah. I mean, Chappelle. Obviously, they probably yeah. made that back instantly. But yeah. I mean, yeah, they gave him like sixty million dollars or mm. something. That crazy. seems insane. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's hard. You're the spending money like water, and mm. no matter what, it's hard to make that all back. Yeah, like I don't care how many subscribers you have, that is. That can become unsustainable. Well, and clearly they're they're not. No. no. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Next up, this is kind of a weird one. Um, so James Cameron was talking about his four planned Avatar yeah. sequels again, and he said that uh, Stephen Lang, who was the villain in the first one, will be the villain of all four, which is interesting and because dumb. he's dead. Yeah. Um, oh. So I don't know what the plan is there. <laughs> well, spirits could transfer to another thing. <laughs> well, sure, but like, isn't that going to be a bit boring to have the same guy who's already dead for <laughs> well, three years? Well, and telling everybody right off the bat. Yeah. Like, at least maybe keep it a mystery. Yeah. Not being like, don't worry, guaranteed, same guy every movie. Like, eh. Well, I guess he's going to, maybe he's going to transfer into different bodies. And yeah, yeah, yeah. He's gonna be like, oh no, now he's in a robot body. Oh no, now he's posing as one of the other Navi. Oh no, mm-hmm. now he's a giant whale. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I just go just go crazy with yeah, it. At that yeah. point, just just be dumb. Just yeah, I don't know that whole thing. Just, just, that you know, mix the universe of Terminator and this. Man, so at Cameron's one point, a busy guy. Holy <laughs> <laughs> moly! Just put all your movies together in one. Yeah. So the Terminator sequels are actually mixed with the Avatar sequel. So you're gonna have yeah. the T two thousand just walking around. Well, I'm see, that would get me to go see an Avatar <laughs> yeah. movie yeah. if there were Terminators in it. For no reason. Just or just make no the Navi's Terminators. I mean, why That would explain so much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Definitely. It's really dumb. All I, right. They don't they need to exist. Yeah. And the final thing, which I'm excited about, um, the Coen Brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a Netflix story again. Yep. They uh, sold a six-part intertwining uh, Western anthology series mm-hmm. to Netflix. Um, which I'm very excited about it. I love those guys. And their single-sentence announcement for it was... Uh, we're streaming now, Mother Effers. Yeah. Which I really appreciate. It's amazing. <laughs> I love those guys. <laughs> well, and they do Westerns so well. They yeah. do. Yeah. Mm. Totally. No, I'm very excited. Um, yeah, it's... I mean, it's weird to me to think that they're making something that won't ever play theatrically because their stuff works so well on a big screen. Have but they done TV series before? No. Oh. No. The Fargo series isn't them. No, no. I, yeah. th- I thought they had some involvement with it, though. Um, they, like, agreed to let it happen. Okay. They just said, <laughs> yeah, that that's the a thing that can happen. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And then that was the end of that. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. I mean, like, I'm excited to see what it is. Yeah. But it's, it is bizarre. That's certainly. really weird. Yeah. Mm. Oh. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
since I subscribe to Netflix, I'll get to watch it. But yay! <laughs> I mean, why not? Like a lot of how many big directors have done something? I know the Wachowskis did Sense Eight. Yeah, yeah, that was right? that was okay. That was it worked out well enough yeah. for them. Scorsese has his big gangster movie yeah. that he's yeah. making, but other than that, they haven't. Like filmmakers have been yeah. actively. Who's doing the Will Smith movie? Um, I forget who directed it, but I know it's a Max Landis. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's like the reaction of everyone. That's, that yeah, that yeah. makes me less excited. I know. And then you had the Adam Sandler movies. Yeah. Oh, that yeah, no. which are just his that buddies. Yeah. Like, yeah. They're like, yo, let's make movies. Hey. Yeah. No, I'm sure. I feel like, uh, yeah, directors have been kind of avoiding that simply because they, you know, want to keep filmmaking a thing. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. So. Next land is well, mm-hmm. until I get my Deadwood reunion movie. Oh, that yeah. is happening, isn't um, it? Apparently, they Appar- keep saying yes, oh, yes, yes. We, we, so. we I'm should, saying that. We should mention that Ian McShane this week announced that the script has been delivered. Okay. Cool. I heard him say that a while ago, though. Apparently, he said this week too. Okay, cool. <laughs> oh, like, I'll believe it when I see it. But um, I'd be uh, like, I've been looking forward to that for ages. I'd mm. love that show. And Ian McShane loves being that character. Well, how could you not? <laughs> Al Swearingen's like, it must be so much fun to play. Yeah. I didn't even know he was British until like I saw a movie after Deadwood, yeah. and he's like proper theatrically British. Yeah. And I was like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> that, that show, is, he has no accent, does he? That is, pardon me. He has no accent. Well, like an American yeah, accent, a, but a twang. yeah, yeah. Like, neutral. Definitely not, like, you know, as hoity-toity as he really sounds. No, no. And he didn't drop an F-bomb once, so... That's weird. Disappointed with yeah, that. Yeah, when in Deadwood, mm-hmm. you think everyone just... That's the only dialogue they have. That's is, just how they talked yeah. back then. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. so should we take a break, then come yeah. back with uh, Phil's movies? So we're gonna Sounds good. I really want to hear your view of uh, that uh, Dark Tower movie. Oh, yeah. Okay, we can talk about that. Okay, let's take a break. Yeah. Man, I wish I could get new comics every month, but I'm broke and oddly always $5 short. Lame. Wait, five bucks short, you say? Well, I've got something special for you. What the hell was that? It's me, the discount ghost of Coupons Pass. Are you scared? What the f- Use the code CGMEG in all caps, all one word, to get $5 off your next comic bento subscription. So wait, if I use the code CGMEG, all in caps, all one word, I get $5 off my next comic bento? Yes, use the code CGMEG in all caps, all one word, and get $5 off your next comic bento. A whole $5, eh? Now that's scary. The Pixels Inc. podcast is brought to you by Buns, your city network. Buns connects you to the people in your neighborhood to help you find the things you need to fuel your real life. Swap things you already have to get items you need. You can also find jobs that pay the bills, homes for rent, advice, and a place to talk about your city. Buns is available online at buns.com and on your phones via the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. And we're back. Thanks, Buns Podcast Network and Comic Bento. So, Phil, you saw some movies. Sure did. Tell um, us about how was Dark Tower. Okay, yeah. We'll talk about that first really quickly. Um, yeah, I'll do that really fast. Um, in that, <laughs> um, like the movie itself? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was... It, was, it, it was, seemed like it was really short. Yeah, it was 85 minutes. And that was actually <laughs> the best really part because it flew by really quick. Um, <laughs> it, like, it had good ideas and Idris Elba was really well cast yeah. and uh, Matthew McConaughey was pretty fun and it had a couple like really great action beats. But ultimately, like, since it's supposed to be this big, vast mythology, yeah. I just didn't get the time to really appreciate like, yeah. what the universe was, mm-hmm. or, um, or, or especially the main character was a kid who basically had no personality. It was just there because <laughs> it was faster for him. Um, and yeah, that was just the big problem. It was just so indistinct and weird. Like it was, I mean, the, the world of the Dark Tower is supposed to be very distinct. Oh, for sure. And I didn't really. It just felt like a combination of, of other 
previously successful movies and a lot of as many Stephen King references as they could possibly. Well, I mean, in. that's the books too. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. At one point, he's in the books as himself. Yeah, totally. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was, um, yeah, it like it, it wasn't horrible. Mm-hmm. Like it was watchable, but it just felt yeah generic. And it wouldn't surprise me if there's like a version of either a script or a cut of the movie that actually had some time to breathe mm-hmm. and you get some more of a sense of it. But at the same time, eighty-five minutes goes by fast. That is really quick. Yeah, that is a short movie. Yeah, totally. So, and I'm and I would like more movies to be eighty-five minutes, quite frankly. But um, no, no, yeah, not that one. Did it? Did it takes place after the books. Is that correct? I gather. I, I haven't read the books. Well, the whole thing about the books is basically at the very end of the last one. Spoiler alert! But whatever, read mm. the books. I don't care. Mm. <laughs> um, is that like it, his journey starts over again? So he's stuck in stuck in this like perpetual cycle, a loop, essentially. Okay, okay. Um, but he gets an item at the end of the books that he has at the beginning of these movies, which I thought was a neat way of them to basically, they're like, we don't have to do yeah. all of that again because, mm. you know, the nature of the tale is cyclical anyway, yeah. so they can start from whatever point they want and be like, yeah. oh, he's, it's like his 12th time doing it, so okay, this so time it'll go a little bit different. Because the item helps him out? Uh, yeah, you'd have to... It sounds really convoluted and weird. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it is. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, the gist of it basically is has this big epic journey to the tower and then the end of the seventh book begins at the first sentence of the first book oh that's weird except he has a little bit something different to help him it's like a roguelite if roguelites were a book yeah yeah yeah, basically (laughs) (laughs) all right that's fair and so today you uh well actually it's going up yeah it's going up just went up uh yesterday i should say correct (laughs) uh annabelle uh, creation. creation, which creation. you also yes. really liked. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I didn't care for that one either. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Animal Creation, which is a prequel to a spinoff of the Conjuring series. Um, <laughs> is so the Conjuring expanded universe? I exactly. Think was, yeah. Is James yeah. Wan involved? No. Okay. Well, he was a producer, but I mean, I don't know if he actually did anything. Yeah. But um, so yeah, so the the first Annabelle movie was supposed to be about how Annabelle became Annabelle. Yeah. And then it wasn't. Which is about Annabelle doing stuff. So this time we get to learn about how Annabelle became Annabelle, I guess, in that learned that there was a doll maker and he had a daughter named Annabelle and he made the Annabelle doll on the same day his daughter died. And then you don't really find out more until later on. And and, uh, and the movie jumps ahead like a decade and inexplicably um, the doll maker uh, decides to take in a nun and like five orphan girls. I don't really get into why. Um, it's not clear <laughs> what they're doing there. Um, and uh, then they're told, don't go into that daughter's bedroom. And they do. And the doll's in there. And then spooky doll stuff happens. Now, um, what I will say is that it was directed by uh, David F. Sandberg, who did the Lights Out movie last summer. Okay, that was was okay. Um, So he's he's really good at jump scares. So the movie, this is, is kind of like... Uh, Ouija 2 yeah. which came out last Halloween which was actually excellent versus yeah. Ouija 1 which was horrible yeah. they did actually they tried to do that trick here and, hi- and hired someone that knows how to direct a horror movie yeah. this time so th- the scares are actually effective unfortunately they didn't hire a good writer versus <laughs> like Mike Mac Flanagan who did Ouija 2 yeah. can write as well so that went a long way so it's really well done um, on a technical level yeah. and there are a bunch of good scare scenes in it but the plot really goes nowhere, right. and the characters are so indistinct. There are a handful of them. I don't even think they were named That's awesome. of, of the orphan girls. I love just them two of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So orphan girl A, orphan girl B. Exactly. Yeah. Like they had names in the credits, but they didn't like. I don't even think they said their name at any point in the movie. They were just kind of there to be fodder. Um, and so it 
so like on the level like does it have good spookiness spooky scares in yeah. it well sure and it did make the audience go ah like the conjuring <laughs> movies do but it just at a certain point gets really boring yeah in that there's nothing to care about and the origin of the character and it being really confusing i didn't quite understand <laughs> what exactly was going on um and it really felt particularly in the back half like they'd reshot a bunch of extra jump scare sequences yeah. just to juice things up because they would just all of a sudden just be cutting between scenes where I was like, how did this character get here and why is this <laughs> happening? I mean, this is spooky, but so it's kind of a mess, but if you like that kind of jump scare horror movie and apparently people do these conjuring movies make a fortune. They do. Yeah. Um, it will work. It's just, you'll probably forget it as soon as it's done. And now they're making spinoffs on all these Conjuring characters. Like, The Nun's getting your own movie, too, right? That's right. I'm pretty I, sure The Nun's getting your own movie. That sounds pretty dumb. Yeah. Well, they keep making a fortune. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, like, The Conjuring was the highest grossing horror film yeah. um, of all time, just in terms of numbers. I mean, really? Yeah, well, I mean, The Exorcist is overall. I mean, yeah. With inflation. Yeah. Um, and video and everything. But theatrically, yeah, The Conjuring made the most. Jeez. And Conjuring 2 made more. Than the Conjuring did, and even Annabelle made like two hundred fifty million dollars worldwide. That's, that's and they probably don't cost a ton to make. No, right? Annabelle cost six million. Yeah, six million. Six million dollars. Yeah, so, so like <laughs> six point well, five no million. Well, no wonder they're making them. Well, exactly. They're going to keep cranking them out. Um, and this is better than Annabelle, but still not good. Mm-hmm. So, is this Bloomhouse? I kind of recommend it. No, it's Warner Brothers. And who did the Conjuring? Were they Warner Brothers too? Yeah, it was Warner Brothers. I yeah, Bloomhouse was involved. In- Insidious was Bloomhouse. Okay, they all blend together. Yeah, to me. yeah, yeah. Which they're pretty well done. <coughs> Um, so and that was James Wan. Yes. So James Wan was involved in parts, even though it, okay, it's it's weird. No, he was in, yeah he was involved in Insidious and The Conjuring. Yeah, yeah. That's why I thought they were the same. Exactly. Well, they are very similar. Um, so anyway, it was yeah, like if you could if it was possible to just like have a a cut of just like the thirty minutes yeah. of the scare scenes that work the best, that actually be really good and worth going like to. Weird TV show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But unfortunately, there's all that crap in between oh, that connects right. it. And right. That was a bummer. Oh, so, well. yeah. But that being said, um, I dreaded going to this. Yeah. And it was far better than I, I had any right to be. That's something. So there's that. All right. Next up. Also opening this week is Wind River, which is uh, the directorial by debut of Taylor Sheridan, who wrote Sicario and... Um, God, what was his one last Oh, was year? this one with, uh, with Hawkeye in it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw totally. a preview for it in front of something I saw a while back. Totally, it looked yeah. pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he wrote Sicario, and he wrote Hell or High Water, okay. which were both like sort of like contemporary westerns with mm. a political bent to them, and both quite good, both um, both directed by really interesting filmmakers. Mm. Um, this is the first time him directing, and it's, uh, yeah, it stars Hawkeye, as you said, as a uh, tracker in a native reserve. But um, he, he is a white gentleman. Oh, yeah, I assume um, so, yeah. But he's just the best tracker they got. So he's their tracker. Well, clearly, yeah. yeah. And it opens with a uh, young woman um, uh, dying in the snow, running from a mysterious place. He finds her. Um, the FBI comes in to investigate it since it's a murder. So they send... Um, uh, so this is contemporary. El- Elizabeth. Yes. They send Elizabeth Olsen. Uh, yes, and it's in Alaska. Um, so they send uh, uh, Elizabeth Olsen. Um, that's her name, right? The good old, the Olsen that can act. Yes, yeah. Elizabeth, yeah. Who's also an Avenger. Um, and Scarlet Witch. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, yeah. yeah, so there are two Avengers on the case. <laughs> and, uh, and, and yeah, they sort of get entwined in the community. Now, it, it's it's fairly well done. Um, Taylor Sheridan, as you'd expect, isn't quite as slick as yeah. uh, Denny Villeneuve or uh, 
Mackenzie was on the other two two ones, but he it does a pretty good job with that. And um, as a like twisty, sterny detective noir thing, mm-hmm. it works quite well. The like snow covered location is very evocative and well done. The problem is that it is a movie that like like it concludes on a quote about all the missing Native yeah. American women that are uninvestigated, and is very much like invested in trying to present the reserves as being you know, a horrible forgotten mm. place where these people are treated poorly by the country that it's in fact theirs, which is very true. Uh, however, um, all the Native American characters are side characters and it's really about two white people saving them. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's a bit uncomfortable on that yeah, level. Now, yeah. like, they address that. They get into that. Um, uh, Jeremy Renner has a backstory that explains why he's so good at tracking and they respect him so much. But it's still... It's still just it felt miscalculated, and I mean that's ultimately unfortunately just a result of the reality of filmmaking. There is no native actor who's successful who is famous enough that well, they I mean, could finance a movie off him. Same sort of problem that um, what was the movie um, The Last Samurai had. Yeah, totally. Where the last the, the most amazing samurai ever yeah, is Tom Cruise. Is Tom Cruise <laughs> yeah. exactly? So it's just a reality of financing that made it happen. But it's a shame because yeah. like if. It could have been a really interesting movie had they been able to get a native actor in the Jeremy Renner part. Um, it would have been a far worse movie had he just pretended to be native. I was going to say, at least they avoided <laughs> that. So there's that. Right? Yeah, mean, so there's that. But Just a little toned down. Yeah, totally. Yeah. To. Mm. But it's still... Yeah, it's just hard to... Like, I couldn't stop thinking about that yeah. the whole time. And that... Um, so it's a shame, because it is good. It's well done. Um, and the, like... The native characters are actually quite well written, and there are some really great performances from them. And it does have interesting things to say. It's just, this is just a stupid way of doing it. Yeah, and particularly in this day and age. So, yeah. So that's okay. Um, if you can get past that, if you're colorblind, as the kids say. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and then the next one is called Good Time which is a movie with Robert Pattinson from oh. Twilight. He's but actually I, good actors. I don't mind. I know, right? Um, so this is like one of those uh, night where everything goes wrong crime movies, like oh, After Hours or some forth. So he plays the brother of... Uh, so, yeah, he plays a sort of New York low life. His brother yeah. has special needs in the first scene. Uh, his special needs brother is being like, interviewed to be uh, taken into an institution. He breaks him out because he doesn't want a brother to go to an institution. He says he's better that it's better if I take care of him. And then he promptly takes brother to rob a bank. And uh, the brother gets arrested. The special needs brother gets arrested and ends up in jail. Which I uh, so, that, I could never see that happening. I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. very poor decision making. <laughs> so uh, the movie is about. Uh, so from that point on, the movie's like it's set in a single night with Robert yeah. and running around New York trying to gather enough money to bu- to bail his brother out of jail. Um, making increasingly worse decisions as it goes on. Um, it's very frantic and hectic and very intense. Uh, Robert Pattinson was is pro- probably the best performance I've seen him do. He does a really good job of looking. Of being, you know, doing a, in you know, big New York yeah. accent and being jittery and all over the place. Um, now, uh, there, w- but there was also no time when I wasn't unaware it was Robert Pattinson. Everyone around him mm-hmm. were mostly like no-name actors, mm-hmm. so that was a bit distracting. But much like we talked about, when whenever you got to have a movie star to get these sort of things done, and at least he, you know, did, at least he was able to disappear into the role and, yeah, yeah. and did a good job with it. Um, there's some like really weird supporting characters that hit up like Jennifer Jason Lee plays this like middle-aged woman who still lives with her mother and acts like a teenager and like That's has weird. to bargain with her mother to get out and she Robert Pattinson's been using her as basically like a human ATM. Um, that's very um, there's a great uh, switcheroo um, that I won't give away where this he ends up with someone who 
isn't who he thinks he is. And it just does a really good job of constantly escalating tension, um, has a really nice, like, gritty style to it, mm-hmm. but, uh, but also has a kind of heightened comedic style to it. And uh, the brothers that made it, who are uh, Benny and Josh Savdy, one of whom actually plays the special needs yeah. brother of Robert Pattinson, uh, did for, I think it's their second or third film, the okay. first one that actually, like, had a budget. Um, and... Uh, I'm really impressed by it, and I think it it, turn, it it works really well for this specific style of movie. Is this a wide release movie, or is um, it kind of more indie? It, it I mean, it, it's indie, but I think it's like they're they're pushing it fairly wide. Okay. as far as those things go, nice, nice. Um, and yeah, I, I really recommend it if you like those kind of jittery, paranoid, bad night movies. I think there's a those lot going fun. on here. Some mm-hmm. really, really good dialogue and interesting characters, and a lot of horrible decision making, <laughs> and. Uh, and uh, yeah, and, and Robert Pattinson was uh, the, the least annoying I've ever seen him, which goes a long way. I mean, he was pretty good in that. What was that Cronenberg movie? Uh, which one? The one they the one about what was it called? Um, one about corporations, whatever. Oh, Cosmopolis. Yeah, he did that, and I feel like he did another Cronenberg. Oh, movie. Oh, Cosmopolis! I was so yeah. hyped for, and I just I. Yeah, it was like two-thirds of the way through, and I was totally tuned out. And yeah, I was like, I don't even... I didn't yeah. enjoy watching it. I just thought he did a good job in the yeah. role. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I thought, yeah, that movie looked cool as hell. And then I watched it, and I was just... I don't know. Maybe I was just in the wrong state of mind for it. It was but, just too hard to get into. Yeah. Yeah, totally. But um, anyway, yeah. Um, this is, yeah, the the best thing I've seen him do. So if okay. you're a big Twilight fan, then go for it. Or even if well, you're no, not. I, I do love that, that Twilight. I know you, know you do. I know you do. It's all sorts of posters by your desk. Yeah, that clearly, yeah. Listeners can't see, but they're there. Yeah, the creepiest yeah. thing is that signed autographed picture of Robert Patterson. What right I do? There, that you kiss mm-hmm. every day that you come in and well, then hug know, him before you leave. Well, how else will he know I love him? <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. So what games have everyone been playing? Anybody? Anybody? I've been playing uh, Masquerada oh, on yeah, you the have. PS4. Mm-hmm. Um, it was okay. I mean, it's a small studio. Yeah. Um, and the thing that I both was most impressed by, but at the same time really didn't like, was like the Venetian steampunky kind of yeah. setting. I thought it was really cool that they broke away from the traditional Western fantasy, mm-hmm. like swords and sorcery uh, trappings that so many games like that fall into. But at the same time, it's hard to really make a character feel badass when they're wearing like puffy pants and a, a ruffled collar and like yeah. a sequined masquerade max. Um, but yeah, it's a decent little game. But the whole time I was playing it, I just I kept thinking how much more fun it would have been if it was Star Wars. Yeah. Um, it just it reminded me a little bit of Old Republic in that it's like turn bay or sorry real time, but you can pause and kind of queue up attacks. Okay. Yeah. Does it um, have, does so it plays, it's the one that plays a lot like Transistor, right? I've never played Transistor, so I don't I, know. But it looks... Yeah. It's got a similar aesthetic anyway. Now, yeah. like, mm-hmm. Does this game have branching paths, or is it just a linear story? Oh, no, it's linear as hell. Okay. And um, there's not... Like, I'm big on... I like uh, like stat whoring yeah. and, and min-maxing and finding cool items and stuff, and that game has none of that. Really? Like, there's mm-hmm. no weapons or anything outside. You can get different masks, okay. which affect your abilities. Um, there's nothing really for side quests or NPCs. There's uh, there's a lot lacking, but again, it's a small studio, and they made yeah. a specific uh, story that they want to do, and um, it was all voice acted, which oh, is pretty nice. cool. Okay. Um, I think when I saw it a few years ago, it didn't have any voice acting. Not at the time they were yeah. talking about because I saw it too. Well, they could have just as easily just made it text only, like so many other yeah. you know yeah. CRPGs are. So I was I was impressed that they managed to do it, and it was pretty decent. Okay. 
Um, it was really colorful. It was nice, but it was just it was so bright. Right. Mm-hmm. That um, you know, after an hour or two of playing it, I had to switch to something else. <laughs> it's a nice break from like the browns and grays yeah, of yeah. all the other games that I enjoy, but. It was, yeah, it was just too bright, too clean. Mm. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, yeah, fun, cool little game from, uh, from a first-time studio. So good for them. How long is the game? Oh, I don't know. You could finish it under 10 hours. Really? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's pretty short for a CRPG. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. It's cool. Cool. Yeah, I, I liked it. I liked what it, I played when I saw it, but I saw it like two years ago, so I'm anxious to pick it up now that you, mm-hmm. you did your review. Uh, Phil, you play anything? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, I played a, uh, a Back to the Future uh, card oh, yeah. game. Oh, yeah. yeah. How'd you yeah, like yeah. that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, it took me a while to review it because uh, the instruction manual was, was written in the most confusing way possible <laughs> um, where you had to keep going back and forth. And I thought it was a board game, but there was no board. It was a card yeah. game. Okay. And it, mm-hmm. I, I won't even try to. I, I, like, I eventually had to get YouTube tutorials. Okay. I watched a 25 minute YouTube tutorial and about 18 minutes, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, I finally understand. Um, so I won't bother trying to explain it. But basically, it, it's all sort of. Um, it's based around collecting timelines. Okay. So you have sort of. And, and all. And, and, using the char- and using the characters to do so. So you have. Uh, ni- uh, 1955, 1985, and 2015. Mm. Uh, not 1885, so that they can make an expansion. Oh, no. clever, clever, <laughs> right? So a lot. So it, it, there, there's a complicated like car- pay- payment system mm. and, and ways that you can need to fill up the flux capacitor to go back and forth. But essentially, what involves is you have events involving uh, either uh, George McFly, Elaine McFly, Marty McFly, or Doc Brown, or Biff. And you, you have play to as Biff? Of, yeah. And you have to, like, put them in each timeline. But then if you put them in one timeline, then you have to pay, like, for screwing up the timeline. Or um, – and each character has its own power. So if it's Biff, you can just yeah. steal a card from someone. Oh, okay. There's yeah. different Fitting. cards. That, yeah, totally. Yeah. Right? So I, it, it's tricky to explain. But once you get the hang of it, I found it actually worked really well. Um, and it did reflect the movies and mm. sort of the stuff. It, now, it, it reflected purely the extremely anal – uh, time travel timeline yeah. mm-hmm. issues of the movie. So if you find that stuff confusing, it's absolutely not for you because that's the entire <laughs> focus. But if you're into that, I actually, like once I got the hang of it, found it quite satisfying and really? quite okay. interesting. And it seemed like the sort of thing that as you play more of, it would get more and more interesting, um, especially with larger groups of people. But of course, if you did that, you have to explain the rules of them and good luck with that. <laughs> but um, beyond that, um, I found that the art style was really good. I guess it's sort of inspired by a comic book that yeah, IDW is yeah. also publishing. So they did a really lovely job of recreating all the classic locations and characters um, as close to possible without stepping yeah. into any likeness rights issues. Um, and yeah, for a, for a licensed game like this, like normally these are just tossed off. This was clearly very carefully thought out and okay. actually and actually felt unique and felt like it suited the property. So it, would it be a game you'd go back to? Totally, oh. now that I know how to play it finally. <laughs> um, and yeah, I was actually quite impressed by how they all uh, how, how it all came together. How long do games take with it? Uh, take I mean, once you learn the 20... Once you get the rules, I think probably like the 30, 40 minutes, something oh, like so that. Oh, so it's a quick game. They're pretty quick, but um, it's... 
Um, it's done, it, but it's been set up in such a way that there are so many different variables. It would be yeah. almost impossible to predict how each game would turn out. Oh, really? Never have the same game twice, for sure. Oh, yeah. oh that's awesome. For sure. So, uh, yeah, I, 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 I really, it's. I was surprised how well it worked. Now, if you didn't like Back, to, oh, you don't know anything back about Back to the Future. Does there anything here for you? Or no? Well, I mean, if you like time traveling stuff, it would probably still be fun. But you'd just be confused as to who everyone is and okay. why everything's based around mm-hmm. Biff and whatever. <laughs> but also, I mean, who hasn't seen? Back to the Future, exactly, really, yeah. at this point. It's kind of an iconic franchise. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they designed this hoping to get a new audience. <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? I'm pretty sure it's kind of... need to get that way. iPad generation <laughs> in on it. They've never seen the movie, but they'll we'll get them in we'll with this. <laughs> this complicated card game, that'll get the kids interested. Yeah, yeah totally. But, yeah, no, it was. I, I was quite pleased. Um, there was definitely a point when I was like reading the instruction book for like the third or fourth time and I was like this is horrible I'm not even going to play this but when, once I got it so once you figured it out it was really, actually it's, yeah. it's quite good awesome quite good what does it cost it's like 50 bucks oh I have no idea right. yeah actually you can find that out next week when uh, Phil's review goes live exactly on cgmagonline.com yeah 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 and you can also check out um, Quinn's review of uh, Mascarada I think that one up this week this week, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, a day or a couple days ago. Or yeah. Something. yeah, so check that one out because it's a really good read. Mm-hmm. Um, since we're talking board games, Brendan, you had an opportunity to play um, The Godfather with Sean Brandt, who did the review for that I one. I did. Yeah, Why don't you that? talk about that one? Again, another one of these things where the the rule book makes it seem far more confusing than the actual game is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the actual game is basically you take turns being the dawn, mm. and so each person has a set of dice, and the dice are basically your cards or how you do everything. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you have a like a map of territory, mm. and you basically try to buy up territories, put your men in there, and try to like secure as much of the city as possible. Okay. And using the most muscle, the more muscle you have, whoever has the most muscle each round becomes mm. the dawn, and whoever runs as soon as you run out of people, the game ends. So as soon as one person runs out of people, the game ends, and it's really interesting to see how because each uh, location, each like borough of New York or whatever, mm. will give you a different amount of points, and the mm. overall points in the end determine how much like overall prosperity you have and who wins right so you could look at a board and like i don't think i have anything here but you might have be the second place in like four territories but only but not be the first anywhere and you could still win right right right. but the actual game only takes like 35 minutes or 40 minutes to play and we had a game go for like 15 minutes and it ended oh wow just based on the fact that it's all based on dice you get the dice rolls and what you can buy with those dice rolls right so basically each territory will say we need you to spend two sixes to get this spot or mm. one six and one number up to fist to get this spot or one two three to get this spot so if you hit all the right dice just coincidence the odds yeah, yeah. Okay. but also if you let's say so the the dawn will go around but doesn't each family have a thing too not exactly how it works is whoever's the dawn you could basically get to steal a, so every other player gives you a tribute mm. and the tribute is one of your dice right so, uh, so the dawn, whoever's turn it is that's the dawn, will say, okay, give me your tributes. Yeah. And you as the players get to put out a dice from your role yeah. to offer to the dawn. So usually it's one you don't want to – it's one like, oh, this isn't going to help me this round, so I'm going to give it to the dawn because yeah. who cares. So the dawn, that round, will then get a lot of dice. So if you're playing with five players, the dawn will get four extra dice for his turn. Cool. If you're, but if you do that, whatever dice you give – has a corresponding like favor on the board. So one of the favor might be you can re-roll one of your dice. One of the favors might be you double one of your dice. So you say, I have a six. This is now two sixes because of this favor. Yeah. Another one will be like you can change your dice roll to anything you want. So there's a lot of 
you don't want to give him a horrible dice roll because that means you get a horrible um, one selection from the favors. Mm-hmm. But you also don't want to give him a dice that might actually help you in the game. So mm-hmm. it's kind of a give and take, and it's kind of playing with the different elements of the game to try to figure out the best way to kind of win mm-hmm. with the different board and trying to trick every other player and use muscle to kind of push every other player out. But in the end, it's basically just a dice game with a board. It's it's okay. it's really neat how it all works, but it's. Yeah. The rule book makes it seem far more complex than yeah, it actually yeah, is. Yeah. Well, like you could teach someone this game in five, ten minutes. Right. I cool. know Sean was kind of complaining in his review that it wasn't very Godfather esque. It was just like literally like a skin on a dice yeah. game. Yeah. 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 Like I mean, there's like you have the favors and stuff like that, but beyond that, it it just kind of they could have called it. New York Fun Time, and it would have just been the right, same right, thing. right. Like, I kind of want to play a game called New York <laughs> yeah, Fun Time, yeah, yeah. where everyone's just giving like flowers to their favorite flower shop or something like that, and it would have been basically the same That's game. That's what they do gotcha. in New York to have fun. I don't know. Okay. Gotcha. Like my point is, it could literally been anything, and it wouldn't have changed the overall yeah. game. Gotcha. That's what I liked about the Back to the Future. I was one, gonna say was like your so review, specific. or yeah, it said. You reviewed it, didn't yeah. you? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That it was like they took good use of the property. It mm-hmm. wasn't just like them slapping stickers on cards yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of thing. Like, like I don't think you'd even be able to play it if it weren't Back to the Future. Yeah, this is the way the game that to grip to it. Yeah, yeah okay. totally. I mean, like it's it, different ways of taking a licensed property. One is, hey, we don't know if this game's going to sell. Yeah. Let's put a Godfather, Let's call the Godfather, and try. And, yeah. and now it's kind of now it has a property you can latch onto. It yeah. might be a good concept. Yeah, but that property doesn't actually add anything to it. Whereas it seems like the Back to the Future game. Yeah, has made a new pro- a new game that needs that property to really function for sure. That's for awesome. sure. Yeah. Well, they've I think IDW has already done another Godfather game. It's more of a card game. Now, okay. I haven't played that one. I feel like that is more in the same. It might be a similar kind of yeah. as the Back to the Future sort of thing. It's more scenario based. Yeah. But yeah, you said it was fun. So it was fun. Yeah. yeah. Had to try it out. Any other? Have you been playing anything? Um, no. You know what? Uh, nothing I can really talk about because I've only played about. I played Yonder recently, yeah. but I played about 10 minutes of it. And from the 10 minutes I played, it seems really pretty. Um, it seems really cool. Yeah. It seems a lot like uh, Breath of the Wild. Okay. But there's more to it, I understand, as I get in at that deeper than 10 minutes. So I'll talk about that next week because maybe okay. I'll have a chance to sit down and play Sounds that. Sounds good to me. Yeah, that's it. All right. Yeah. Anybody cool. else? Everything else? No, I'm no. good. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. And if you like what you hear or you want to hear more about the things that we talked about, visit us at cgmagonline.com or follow us on Twitter at cgmagonline. Uh, who wants to plug the Twitter? Mr. Fry? Fry 26 And Quinn does not have Twitter still. I think he actually does have one. I just don't think he uses it. Okay. No, no. It's, uh, you know, they tried to make me learn in school, but I was too much of a rebel. Plus, <laughs> now I'm like, okay, well, it's... It's way too late. Yeah, yeah. No, no one Plug your MySpace yeah. then. Mm. <laughs> my MySpace account. Yeah. Yes. Mm. My Angel Fire webpage. Yes. yes. Mm. <laughs> and Phil? I'm at that Phil Brown. And uh, I don't use my Twitter either, but I'm going to plug it. It's at Lisa Awesome. After all that criticism. Mm. I know. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And by the way, I just noticed a Netflix candidate just raised their subscription yeah. rate. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Two bucks or one buck? Really? Two bucks for new subscribers, one buck for all the previous. Oh, oh, oh. that's not bad. Yeah, Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But every single year, it just. It, it reaches a point when it's no longer economical to do it. That's yeah, Because yeah, yeah. Netflix doesn't really have all that much on it. No. It's no, I spend been... more time, like, searching. But, I mean, I've watched... I think I've watched Archer enough over and yeah. over again to warrant the amount of oh, yeah. money that mm-hmm. Netflix charges. Like, I mean, it's fine. It's just I'm noticing there's less and less new things on there. It's just basically a lot of their programming. Oh, for sure. Yeah. They're taking stuff off all the time. Yeah. I'm not complaining about that, though. I'm finding a lot of stuff I actually like. Yeah. 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 Fewer and fewer lately, though. That's, uh, it's just, it's that's just, a discussion it, for another It's just day, a different though. service than it launched. It launches a, this thing where you can get any movie you want, yeah. and now yeah. it's kind of like 
we have original shows and some extra filler content. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And bad horror movies. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah. back to where you can find us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Phil. No problem. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at CG Magazine, on Instagram at CG Mag Online. Thanks again, Buns Podcast Network and Comic Bento for sponsoring the podcast. From everyone here at CG Magazine, have a great weekend. See you next week. Hey, well.